Welcome to this episode of TechLink in Conversation. I'm Eddie Grant, the Director at Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink on Knowledge Management Tool for all things tax, trust, pensions, and much, much more. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by my fellow director, Claire Trott. Thank you for joining us today, Claire. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Eddie. Long day yesterday, uh, but we got through it, uh, and I think we've read most of the documents now. I'm sure there'll be more to come. Brilliant. At least we'll be able to have something to talk about for the next 30 minutes or so. Um, so we've had four chancellors this year. This is, I think, the third fiscal plan that we've had in the last 12 months. Um, Jeremy Hunt uh, stood up, delivered his uh, his his autumn statement. Uh, we pretty much knew a lot of it already, which um, which really makes me laugh when you think about back in 1947 being the historian and Hugh Dalton resigning because of uh, the leaks through his budget. Things have very much changed uh, with with the circumstances. But but actually, what 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 did we find out yesterday? What 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 did we learn when he actually stood up? Well, I think there was plenty in there, um, and uh, so just. Looking at uh, the, the fiscal plan over the, the next five years, there's actually they're trying to save twenty four billion pounds, um, and, and there's lots of ins there and outs there, and trying to to, to make it all balance in the future um, is really difficult. So there's lots of moving parts and lots of things that we need to consider. And um, so last time I, I checked, you're a pensions person, aren't you, Claire? Um, and uh, I was I was sort of wading through. Was there much on pensions yesterday? I'm pretty sure there was next to nothing on private and occupational pensions. There were some things on on state benefits, which, which we'll talk about. But as ever with pensions, um, it's not just about pensions legislation. Uh, pensions is all about tax relief and all the knock-on effects of of different things uh, that that we take we take for granted. So. Um, any changes regarding income tax, national insurance, dividends will all drive the way that people invest in their pensions. Um, and, and we had changes in, in all of those areas. Um, and, and I think that's important. I think the, the big one to consider here is, is the drop of the 45% tax band. So 45% tax was paid from people earning over 150,000. Um, and, and come April, that's going to come down to uh, 125, 140. Um, I have to say, I'm pretty sure the Chancellor must have read Twitter because it was leaked it was going to be 125,000 and then we would have had this weird 65% tax band, which thankfully we don't. So so now we've got, um, you've got your 40% up to 100,000, you've got 60% tax bands between 100 and 125, 140 uh, for where we're losing the personal allowance. And so when you're completely out of personal allowance, then you go straight into the 45% tax band. Uh, so that just really means pensions planning for those people in that area are ever so important uh, to, to make sure that you're actually getting your 60% tax relief if you're entitled to it. Uh, and I think that will really drive the way that um, that people do fund their pensions. Um, and I think you know, that, that's going to be, be a big thing uh, for advice both this tax year and next tax year. I think there's a lot to do this tax year on all of these things. We've also got the national insurance changes. We saw the national insurance changes actually uh, announced back. We, they, they dropped the 1.25% for both employer and personal. That actually happened in September. Uh, that's coming into force in November. So people's pay packets 
now, in theory, should see that reduction in national insurance. That'll have a knock-on effect for people for salary sacrifice for pensions as well. So always worth considering. Um, there will be some people where that won't happen in November, and that's really due to systems, uh, but people will still get that benefit, but it might come in December or January, uh, and we'll see those. The other thing we're going to see um, is the changes to the dividend allowance. So this year, um, it's £2,000, uh, and everyone gets that, but come next year, it's dropping down to £1,000, and the year after, so in 24-25, it's going down to 500 uh, and again, that will drive how people are invested and whether or not they should be wrapped in a pension, their investments, or they should be wrapped in an ISA. Uh, so reviewing how assets are held can really drive the differences in, in uh, how these tax changes actually in, uh, are implemented and how these tax changes affect every individual. And I think this really drives the point that everybody's uh, portfolio of different wrappers and, and different investments um, it really needs to be dug into to determine if they're in the right place, if there's anything that can be done and uh, moving forward. But there's other changes that have that impact, isn't there, Eddie? Uh, absolutely. Um, if you look at um, capital gains tax in particular, the, the, the Chancellor stood up um, and, uh, and, and has, has really made capital gains tax uh, planning a little bit more complicated. If you think about the reduction in the in the allowances exemption that he announced yesterday. So you have um, the current uh, exemption going down to 6,000 next year and 3,000 uh, the year after. So for a lot of people who are planning with capital gains tax, that's also gonna be really uh, difficult to mitigate uh, some, of the, some of the capital gains tax they have. If you think about husbands and wives who uh, share assets between them, um, they were able to get uh, quite substantial capital gains tax exemptions together. And so now that's going to be more complicated. I think also if you think about planning as we come up to the end of the year, one of the, the key things is to make sure that you do use your capital gains tax exemption this year. Many people actually never use their exemption, which is, which is a real issue. Um, so make sure you use it this year. Also, I think if you are sitting on losses, then it's probably worth considering crystallizing those losses as well. Um, and then that loss can be carried forward uh, to future years. And bearing in mind, you're not going to have much of an exemption going forward. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's quite possible that if you crystallize the loss, that will be beneficial in future years when you make a gain. Also worth just remembering that trusts have the, the capital gains tax exemption, which is half of the, the individual rate. So, um, you know, it's just, just consider that uh, from uh, next tax year, you're going to see uh, the exemption going down to £3,000 and the year after £1,500. So um, really important in terms of capital gains tax planning and making sure that you uh, utilise uh, your allowance this year. Um, just thinking about, um, just coming back, Claire, actually, um, to the stuff you were talking about in terms of pensions and salary sacrifice and the importance of salary sacrifice, it, it never ceases to amaze me um, how many in companies don't actually operate it. Is that your experience? It, it can be. I think it's becoming more used, and I think that really is down to uh, financial planners out there just pushing that with their clients. Um, but, 
the, the savings for companies, the savings for individuals are, are significant. Uh, and in, an, in a time where people are struggling with their pay packets, that extra bit, so if, you, if you're still below the lower earnings level, you're paying 12% national insurance yourself, that, that's saving just personally, and then getting the add-on from if the employer is going to pass it over, is, is really can bolster pension savings uh, when people are struggling, just seeing that extra money going in. Yeah, it's a, it's another tax saving. It's another thing that can, can help you drive your pension savings up. And say so the sooner you can get your money in, the better. The longer it's in there, the more you're going to have to retire on. So I think it's pushing uh, your employers and, and making sure that it's available. It's not something that's difficult to do. It's not something that actually um, is um, against any kind of legislation. It's being protected, and that's a really important point. Salary sacrifice for lots of other things hasn't been protected. It's been got rid of, um, and it's been frowned upon. Um, so, but pensions has that side of things quite clearly set out. There's clearly things um, that you know. It, it's clearly something that the government are very happy with. We must remember, though, that you can't go below um, the minimum wage uh, when you're actually um, sacrificing. So you can't just go and sacrifice everything um, if, if you're an employee and you're lucky enough to have plenty of other things to live on. So there, there are some parameters, uh, but it, it, it's a really good way to drive that extra pension saving. And picking up on the, the, the minimum wage, obviously the, the, the rates went up yesterday. So, um, uh, you know, that's worth just thinking about if you're employing people to make sure that you, you employ them and, and pay them the, the national minimum wage. Um, the other bit is if you have um, your spouse uh, working for you, then make sure that yourself and your spouse are also getting paid uh, the, the, the minimum wage as well. So so these are really important things to make sure you comply with, with all the rules uh, around that. The other thing coming back to um, to planning, obviously with the changes with capital gains tax and, and everything else, um, you know we're going to see people uh, as they can't uh, make contributions into pensions if they've used up their, their allowances. See people use VCTs more with obviously the reduction in the dividend allowance, uh, EISs, VCTs, uh, and business relief solutions are all going to be probably coming more fashionable um, for, for individuals that can't do much planning. Um, in terms of, you know, just bear in mind the risk profile of these assets. These are these are all high-risk assets, and uh, and it's important. Yes, there are some tax advantages of capital gains tax deferment um, and uh, obviously income tax relief, um, but you are entering into a much higher-risk type of type of asset. I think that's why it's really important when we're looking at all these different things just to make sure that you are getting good personalised uh, individual financial advice. Just taking generic things off the internet and looking at those um, will not give you that in-depth knowledge of your personal circumstances in order to make the right decisions and utilise all the right assets in the right areas to, to make best use of these reliefs within your risk profile uh, to ensure that um, that those decisions are, are made appropriately. And in terms of inheritance tax, um, it's, well, I was reading that really nothing changed. They Obviously, they've kept the uh, inheritance tax threshold, mill rate band, uh, frozen. 
Um, nothing has really changed with that, has it? No, nothing's changed. It's been frozen for a very long time and it's going to be frozen for even longer. Um, and I think that's really going to start um, you know, er eroding into uh, the, the people's you know, plans. So making sure, again, that the, the appropriate use of trusts and the appropriate use of actually you know, investing in the right things. We're back to pensions again. Absolutely brilliant for passing on legacy assets um, and making sure that you're utilising things that are in your estate first. Uh, and just considering um, inheritance way before that you actually anywhere um, near that age where you think you might be passing it on. You know, the, the earlier you can think about inheritance, the better and the better planning that can happen. Yeah, I was, uh, I was at a, an, an advisor meeting the other day and there was a really interesting discussion around whether you uh, pass your assets over whilst you're alive and actually see the benefit of those assets being used or whether you work on the basis that your children need to uh, really to establish themselves and go through all the pain that that you did to to b before uh, before passing the assets over, and I think it was quite an interesting interesting debate. I suspect the younger people probably were like, "We'll pass the assets over a bit sooner, please." Yes, I, 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 <laughs> I suspect that. I think that one of the bits, and I think we talked about it before, are the sort of um, family wealth meetings where you bring the different generations together. You talk about um, uh, how, how wealth can be used across the family. I think one of the, and that, and that links in, I think, around the sort of cost of living aspects, because if you think about many advisors, their clients are, are generally wealthy individuals. Um, but if you think about their wider family, maybe their children or, 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 or siblings or parents, um, that's not necessarily the case. And I think maybe and we've put it in our our planner's uh, guide to the, uh, the autumn statement. When you think about the cost of living uh, benefits, um, a lot of the benefits uh, increased uh, quite substantially, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with the, the big one, the triple lock. Um, so we talk about like uh, just looking at the, the, the state pension um, and, and the, the basic state pension and the new state pension, both of those increasing by the 10.1%. Um, and I think that's going to make a real difference to, to pensions. And actually, that might make a big difference to the amount that could be then passed down the generations, because if you've got that guaranteed income going forward uh, and you are have got significant other assets, then being able to pass money down uh, and help other family members could be something that you, you could possibly do more because you've had that, that increase. Um, but there are lots of all the other benefits. Pretty much all the benefits were increased by um September CPI, which was 10.1%, um, and, and as well as the benefits cap, uh, which is really important, that was increased because otherwise that would start to erode um, the actual value of these additional increases um, if the benefits cap wasn't increased. And that's been increased on all the different levels for both Greater London uh, and nationally single and families. All of those have been increased uh, to, to make sure that people aren't uh, losing out due to these other increases as such. So lots of things going on in the, in the benefits areas, um, uh, as well as the additional cost of living payments, which um, we, we wait to see um, the full detail on that regarding when people are eligible. But I think more people will be eligible for that than, than necessarily people really think. And I think it comes back down to making sure people are claiming the appropriate benefits. We know full well that the, uh, the pensions credit isn't claimed uh, by all the people that are entitled to it. Um, and I think there, there can be a bit of a feeling that you know, people 
shouldn't be claiming benefits, but there are many people who are entitled to them who are still working. Isn't that right, Eddie? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one, of, one of the sort of big areas is uh, if you take some of the non-means-tested disability benefits in particular, um, there's a lot of people who could be you know, earning reasonably well who are actually getting those for, because a family member, a, a child or, or, or another relative. Um, and, and I think that actually, you know, there's sometimes a perception that benefits uh, are, are for people who are on low earnings. Actually, benefits can, especially the non-means tested ones, uh, will be picked up. So this is, a, I think, quite a topical subject to discuss with clients where there are perhaps potential vulnerabilities, making sure, as you said, that they're claiming it. just want to take you back to pensions because I know you do like pensions. Um, one of the things I was reading and um, uh, was around, you know, there's a basic state pension and a new state pension. Do you want to just remind everyone why there are two pensions talked about? Sure. So there was, there was a big change that happened in, in 2016. So we moved over from the multi-layers of the basic state pension, the additional state pension. Historically, we had the graduated state pension. We also, so there, there was the basic state pension. On top of that, you got things because you'd contracted out, for example. So SERPs, S2P, all of those gave you additional benefits dependent on your earnings um, on top of your basic state pension. The old basic state pension, again, you only needed to have 30 years worth of credits in order to be able to get the full basic state pension. That is lower than the new state pension. So we got the new state pension or the new flat rate state pension. So there isn't any of this earnings amounts that top up on it, which is why it's that bit higher. Um, so anyone who's receiving their state pension after 2016 will get the new state pension uh, at the flat rates, although there can be deductions from that if you were contracted out. There's always an ifs and buts. So again, we really urge people to sit down with their clients and go through uh, the government gateway and have a look at what they're entitled to so you can understand. Because the, the nice thing about the new state pension is if you have got some deductions, you can actually still buy some extra credits to get to your 35 years which is the maximum, or you can work longer and things like that, in order to get the full new state pension, which again is going up significantly this year. I think it's about in total about £870 will be an increase in April, which actually works out so weekly, because the state pension is paid weekly, will be 15620 for the basic state, so the old basic state pension, and 2385 a week for the new state pension. So we're getting towards um, paying tax on that. So if you don't have any other earnings at the moment, you won't be paying tax, but you've just got a little bit of earnings from somewhere else from, say, a DB scheme or some rental or some dividends even. You can start sort of taking you up into that tax-paying area. And I think all these increases of the 10.1%, well, again, you're going to push people towards that. So, again, more tax, possibly thinking more stealth tax there, uh, uh, alongside all the other freezes, like the personal house has been frozen. So it's, we're, we're getting close to that just with the new state pension. Yeah. And um, just coming on to uh, businesses, um, we have a lot of uh, advisors who, who obviously have clients who, are, who run uh, small businesses. Um, we know that corporation tax is going up. So that, that's their, what else should they be thinking about when talking to their their corporate clients. I think the, the important thing is, you know, profit extraction is going to become ever more complicated uh, when with all these these different things. So we've got 
dividend allowance dropping. Um, we've got obviously the dividend tax rates aren't dropping when they, whereas we've seen the national insurance tax rates dropping back to the, the, the pre-April 2020, 2022 um, amounts. Um, and, and as well as, you know, um, working out whether or not they should be put into a pension. Of course, I would say put into a pension, it's going to be uh, the, the most appropriate thing to do in most circumstances. But again, you need to make sure that um, paying yourself enough to cover the minimum wage, as we've talked about, you're paying yourself enough um, to be able to um, get your credits for your national insurance, because we want to make sure we're getting that new state pension when it finally comes about. Um, and, and then making sure that we, we're extracting profits uh, appropriately as dividends um, as well as pensions. So it's, it's not as easy as it used to be uh, to be able to work out what's the best way to take your money out. Um, and then there's factoring in all the things to do with your employees and making sure that um, you're claiming the, the, the right things uh, for them and, and making sure that you're paying your national insurance. Or if you're in that 40% of employers that don't pay national insurance, that you're taking full advantage of that as well. And the other area that um, Chancellor talked about was in, in relation to stamp duty uh, for uh, property purchases. So we, we in, in the previous uh, fiscal event that we all got very excited about and then got reversed, um, that the, they had reduced the, the, the stamp duty and increased the, the thresholds. Uh, the Chancellor yesterday said that that's only going to be a temporary change now. So certainly if you've got clients who are thinking about buying properties, um, it's going to be really important that they um, you know, look at the deadlines and make sure they don't miss the deadlines uh, in terms of, uh, um, of that change. Yeah, we saw that with um, all the, the, the stamp duty um, exemptions that all came out during COVID and all of that. So that, that actually, you know, we saw lots of people rushing around at the last minute to try and get things through. Uh, we've got till 2025. Yeah. Uh, we know when it's changing, um, getting ahead of the curve. Yet yeah, property is one of these things that you can't necessarily always push through um, as quickly as you'd like to. But if people are planning of buy to let's buying anything, then getting in and getting started sooner rather than later um, is really important when you have these hard and fast deadlines to work to. So I think f for me, the, the, the big takeaway about the budget is there's going to be an awful lot of planning conversations as you run up to the end of the tax year. Um, and, I, and I think if, if you were an advisor, Claire, uh, what would be the sort of main things that you would be telling your, your clients today? Um, it's really to get in there, have a good dig through what you've got, make sure you understand what tax wrappers that you've got um, and, and what investments that you want to make this year, next year and the year after. These, these are phased changes. Um, so there are planning that can be done this tax year to make sure you're utilising your capital gains tax allowances. So say rebasing things, uh, as you mentioned earlier, making sure you crystallise losses if appropriate, um, and, and then possibly even moving tax wrappers. You know, so putting things into ISAs that will take them out of the capital gains world, out of uh, in, you know, income tax, out of dividends, so that you're, you're actually, if you haven't utilised those wrappers, then it's important. Getting the, the, the tax relief where you're due yeah, the, the, the tax relief bans are coming down, so you might think, well, do I do it next year or do I do it this year? It really depends on your earnings. Again, this is back to being an individual and looking at them on individual bases to make sure that you're, you're making those right choices. But it really is a really good time to have that proper, have a look, 
look at everything. It's not a case of let's just look at pension states. Look at everything because all those different moving parts, so dividend allowance, capital gains tax, uh, pensions, income tax, all of those things will mean that you just might need to slightly restructure or completely restructure the portfolios that your clients have to, to make best use of this year's allowances and actually the changes going forward. There may be better places to be able to put things um, that um, or, or change the, the funds and things like that so you're not drawing out dividends. Um, then you know those things can can have a, a real big impact. As we like to say, you know, you, you, you want to pay less tax. If you pay less tax legitimately, I always like to say, then um, you're actually going to have more money at the end of the day. Uh, and the more money you've got invested in compound growth, you know, it's still going to work better for you in the future. Uh, so it, it's it's just that real deep dive into to everything that you've got. And in terms of finding out more. Um, we have our planner's guide to the autumn statement um, and that you can download from, from TechLink. If you're not a subscriber, then you can uh, take a free trial and, and download that if you wish to do so. We also have a whole series of podcasts, including obviously the TechLink in Conversation one that you're listening to now. But we have a new podcast called Resilience in a Changing World, which is absolutely focused on uh, the cost of living crisis and uh, is uh, something that gives hints and tips for for anyone who's uh, thinking about the issues uh, that they're currently facing and uh, and that's available uh, on, on all the favorite podcast places um, Claire thank you so much for uh, your time today um, uh, it's always great to catch up with you and uh, it feels like there's lots that planners can do, and certainly there's lots of conversations they should be having with their clients. Most definitely. So it's going to be a busy time. We've got a few months till tax year end, um, and I don't think there'll be any downtime over Christmas um, with, with all the things to look at. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned as a result of any action or inaction.